So welcome to episode number 77, which is one of my lucky numbers. And we're going to be with one of my dear, dear friends, Prambodhi, in just a moment. But before we get to sit with him, a couple things happening in Nomadland. Uh, all of our classes are online uh, in this new virtual, new more normal world. So we have something for you every day at 8 a.m. Mondays where I'm over at Facebook and Instagram live at 8 a.m. for our morning meds. And Tuesdays and Thursdays, I offer my Movement 109 practice, our movement practice Tuesdays and Thursdays at 8 a.m. over at Zoom. And Wednesdays and Fridays, we have a guest nomad teacher. So this week we have our lovely Jen Earing on Wednesdays for our nomad yoga class and then Friday for our our meditation, morning meditation. So we'd love for you to be there with us. It's really special to hold space for you all and to connect in, in that way. And what's happening right now, a couple of ways that you can join and get a little bit of a perk. Uh, one is bring a friend. So if you bring a friend to any of our live Zoom classes, uh, you get, and you bring a friend, you get your next class for free. So, because I think everything is better with friends. So might as well bring a friend, connect with them in that way, since you don't maybe not get necessarily get to spend time with them in person. So you get to practice together, share, share the practice, share some grounding with them, share some joy with them. And then you get a class for free. Another way you can benefit is if you find, sign up for our annual membership, our Nomad Always at Home, our online studio uh, for uh, for the full year, which has videos for all practices from beginner to advanced tutorials, Nomad Talks or our Dharma Talks, our meditations. There's such a nice big library of over 100 hundred practices and talks and meditations and one including with our friend Bodhi who will be on here in a moment he was part of our global festival a couple months ago so we have practices not only with myself nomad teachers but our nomad teacher affiliates who were part of our global festival really beautiful library but when you sign up for that you also get a five class card to attend five of our live zoom classes so a couple of different ways you can be with us and, and benefit. Uh, also, one more thing that I'll plant the seed for is I will be leading my facilitator training for Movement 109s um, in, in June. I'm looking at the format since everything has to be online right now. So I am I'm feeling that it's going to be over a period of a couple of weeks, one night a week for a couple of weeks. So um, or during the day. So I'm I'm looking at that now. But if you're interested, send me a message. I will get you information directly, or you can visit my website, phoebeleona.com. I'll have a lot more information over there in the next day or two. And yeah, let's go ahead and now sit with Bodhi and see what his story is, leaning in with curiosity. Okay, so I am here <laughs> with Bodhi, and I love it because we have not physically met, but we have been very connected for, I guess, a couple months, three months, four months, I don't know. Um, I went to Barcelona in February and I was thinking, Hey, I'm going to take some yoga there while I'm there. And I found your class, I think on Airbnb, right? 
Yeah, on Airbnb. And I was like, I need to, I need to practice with this guy. And then we didn't, we ended up not because <laughs> you were in Luxembourg, but we just started this friendship and I love it because we just, I feel like we've known each other forever. There's so many times that we, we've only talked maybe like three or four times now and we just dive right in. Like we just talked a half hours like, oh, I wish this was on a podcast. <laughs> So thank you. I'm glad that we got to connect um, via Zoom here for this podcast today. Yeah. Hey, Phoebe. Nice to nice to be with you. I, I, you, you put it perfectly. Um, it feels like uh, we've met in some in some form. And often I think, have we really not met in person? Like it just, uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's really a pleasure to um, to to share with you. So I'm looking forward to the chat. Yeah. And so you're in Barcelona. And you were there for the lockdown. So do you want to start just there? Like what that's been like for you and whatever. Yeah. You and we can just dive back into the conversation we were having too. <laughs> sure. Um, the lockdown I feel has been like a, a divine um, moment. Like it, it, it feels like the, the most unique time to be here like the the most um we are here at one of the most profound moments in time and um i somehow um made it to barcelona about six or seven months ago and it hasn't been a smooth ride here uh, i think everyone who has moved to barcelona will share a similar type of trajectory it's a it's a bouncy place it's a it's a rough place but it's so so beautiful and um about a week before the lockdown, um, I moved into my own place, which I haven't lived in a in a in, in a um, in my own flat in my own space for for years. Like I've been traveling so often and moving so often on the move, and um, so for me, it's like it's been like wow. A week before the lockdown, I get put in a little small um, flat, and it's like okay, you're on your own, and yeah, um, on your own. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been, it's been, I mean, I feel like I've lived like three or four lifetimes in the last two months. It's, it's, <laughs> it's been amazing. And I have to say, I feel more aligned. This is, please don't take this the wrong way, but I feel more aligned with the life that I've led in the last couple of months than less aligned, if that makes sense. That perhaps more of the things that I have, enjoyed and taken time to um to be present with and to allow into my life i would like to take more of that into um take it with me always no matter what so like yeah it's it's been incredible yeah i feel the same way i've actually talked to a few friends and they've all kind of said said the same thing of just i don't want to go back <laughs> You know, we don't want to go back to the way we were because we're all, you know, experiencing um, something. Maybe it's a remembering. I feel for me, it's a remembering of things that used to spark me, you know, spark that joy within me and, and realizing that, you know, all of this kind of, we have to do, 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 um, and be somewhere and be something to someone and all that, it, that just got stripped away, Right. And so we're getting back to the essence. I, I really think it, it's somewhat of a remembering. And I don't know. I definitely think that we can carry it with us. 
whenever we go back to normal, whatever normal is. There's no going back. No, gosh, no. I was talking about it today. Um, I mean, one of the things that has been so precious that probably if we had spoken two months ago or take us back to the moments before the lockdown and you said to me, Bodhi, um, you have to answer this quickly. Are you going to teach online? And I'll be like, no. <laughs> if it was a yes, no, I'd be like, no, I, I don't feel like at the beginning of the lockdown, I was like, okay, the world is asking us to slow down. Let's not fight it. Like, like change is happening and you can either ride the wave or you can try, try and push against the wave. And we all know that if you push against the wave, you're going to get, you're going to get wet. You're going to get dumped. Yeah. And so like, I, I was like, no, like, like why are we jumping online and, and going so fast again? Like, this is like not listening. And then suddenly uh, the, the, one of the, the students that used to come to my classes every morning on the, the sunrise outside as the sun rises in front of the, the, the sea in, in Barcelona, she just said, just, you know, people want to get together, uh, give it a go. So I was like, oh, well, you're right. You know, I should, I, I can't just say I don't, don't like it if I've never tried. And, you know, you had to set up a Zoom account and everyone was Zooming and I didn't want to be Zooming and whatever. <laughs> so she, she just let me log into her account. So, you know, she, she helped me out. And then suddenly I'm, I'm sitting talking with, you know, there's like 20 faces in front of me, people that have been coming to class every every morning in Barcelona, but then also people that have either come past Barcelona and they live somewhere else. And now suddenly I've got a South African and a Luxembourg and a French and a Belgian and, and there's someone in Australia. And I'm like, wow, we're, we're, we're breathing together. Like we're, we're like, our hands are wrapped around the earth. Like I was like, I, I finished this first session. I don't even know what I taught, what I did, but we breathed together. We sang together. We prayed together. We shared openly together. We did some yoga asana thingies. We moved together. And something moved so deeply inside me. Like, I, 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 I mean, I've been moved by classes um, before, you know, physically in, in person and of course. But something was so profound about this meeting. And I, I felt from, from the first moment that I, I had this, this, this group, session on zoom that i was so resistant to the moment i i, I we, we finished whatever it was i just started writing like I, I i felt so inspired i felt so connected i felt so joyous it and and basically every day since then every single day in the lockdown i've taught on zoom <laughs> i have my own zoom account now ah oh, good job congratulations <laughs> <laughs> what can i say <laughs> <laughs> you've upgraded that's awesome. Yeah. And you were part of our festival too. And that was so powerful. I mean, I woke up at, I think it was one or two in the morning to come to your class. And it was, it was really special in, in your class. And then that whole weekend to have, you know, people from around the world offering their services, whether it was yoga or sound healing or breath work, and to know that they were there holding space for everybody else who's around the world. And and for us to, yeah, just simply breathe together and know that we were all, we're all collectively going through this in some way. Um, it's, it's been really beautiful for me too, because I, I didn't enjoy the idea of, you know, not being in person and going online too. So, oh yeah, what a gift. An unexpected yeah, I mean, gift. I, 
sitting in my living room, you put together like a, a Zoom conversation with like 30 or 40 yoga teacher, human meditation, breath work, whatever people. And everyone introduced themselves. And I was like, there's been so many examples of moments of surprise of great joy of like recognizing how much this, this period has brought us. And, and of course, obviously there's recognition of, of the privilege of, of being able to, to connect in this way and not be on the front line and not be working in the hospitals. And, and, you know, um, yeah, it's not so easy for a lot of people. So I just, just to, to recognize that, but um, I think if there was like a, a what's it called? A, a balance sheet. There, there's no doubt for me, this, this period has, has, has brought so much, so much, so many gifts and, and, and so many profound reflections and, and insights. And, um, you know, one of the things I was thinking about this morning was when, when, you know, people are complaining about like, you know, we only can go out to the beach from six to 10 and we can only go here. And in Luxembourg, we do this. And, and in France, the government is saying this and in Italy and in two weeks time, we should have phase two, you know, all this type of chat about the in infringements upon our freedom. Yeah. And for me, like no one is stopping us from, you know, like if we stop now and, and I ask you, Phoebe, think about someone or something can be your, I used this morning, the example of my cat, George. Like um, I was preparing for a talk um, a couple of years ago with this lady from San Francisco and um, she, she made me stop and, and she said, think about someone you really love, like you really, really love. And it ended up being, it was like a tie between my cat George and my grandpa Snowy. Mm -hmm. And when she asked me to think about George or Snowy, grandpa Snowy, like my whole, you could visibly see my face changed. Like you can see my softness in my eyes. You can see, and we can always think about things like that. We can always be in love. We can always have this feeling. And it's like the mundane transforms. If I, if I do something with joy, with love, I know that sounds really freaking lame, but it's true. So like, and, and we have that freedom. No matter what the rules of Barcelona are going to tell me, I, can, I have that freedom to be in love. Like it's, 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 it's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting to hear that perspective in Europe because that's definitely been an issue over here in the United States of like taking away our freedom. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I agree with you. I think that we, we have the choice to be free within ourselves, <clears throat> whether we have all these rules and regulations of like what time we can go to the beach or whatever. When we do, we just have that our own freedom within. Um, I yeah. want <clears throat> yeah, sorry, I have a little tickle in my throat. But um, yeah, I, when you were speaking about that, I was thinking about, um, talk to me about your grandfather and your cat. Like what, what is it that, that brings you such joy? Oh, my cat, for sure. I mean, I just, I, I just, I remember the moment that my I don't know, my, cat, my, my parents told me that George wasn't well and I was going to school that day and I just remember walking in my room was on the corner of my house and it was in England, I lived in England. I was born in South Africa, then moved to England when I was four and um, 
Yeah, I knew he was going because he sat in the corner at my windowsill. And as I was walking, it was the last thing I saw in my house. I saw him, he looked at me, I looked at him. And um, then when I got picked up that evening from school after sports, I could see my mom had been crying. And I was just like, oh, God. I just Like, George... Like, I didn't feed George. I actually didn't do anything other than we just loved each other. So for me, George... Yeah, he, he just, he showed me like what love, love is like what turning up is, what, what like he, he was just there all the time. And, and this is it, like the feeling of being relaxed in someone's company. And I was actually speaking about someone today, an old friend of mine started joining my classes, my classes, joining the classes that um, we hold in the morning. And um, he struggled a lot with anxiety and, 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 and not, you know, not feeling he can be himself. And I think George showed me like the feeling of where I can just be everything. Strong, weak, soft, hard, crying, happy. It doesn't matter to him. It's, it's all welcome. And obviously, you know, it's, it's probably easier for an animal um, to, to show this and not pass judgment. But George showed, showed me what non non-judgment was like 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 really like and i love this i realize how much i appreciate this feeling of being able to sit and be as i am today like be as i am like i might be like there's so many phases of this lockdown it's not a case of like being like nonchalant about it and saying you know it's all about self-development about this that's bullshit it's like we we are going through so many different changes and it's like a magnifying glass this this lockdown and being able to be around people that allow you to, to show up all of your different facets and aspects. And yeah, I'd say that's what George uh, uh, shared with me. Um, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I, I only came to your class once and these conversations that we've had, I feel that you are, you've embodied George, you know, you really hold that space for other people to, to come as they are and for you to just, you know, not necessarily like, Oh, you know, pet us and say, Oh, you know, everything's good. You just simply hold that space of non judgment and, um, and, and well, curiosity. Yeah, with a space of curiosity, too. But that's not appropriate with George because maybe curiosity killed the cat. <laughs> <laughs> that's not cool. <laughs> okay. George is sorry. Not, I actually, you've got curiosity so, somewhere else. <laughs> that's really embarrassing, actually, because my dad, you know, like how, you know, when, you have a parent or both your parents and they, they just say things that like, really piss you off. And they're like, my dad is like the pun king. He's so good in puns or so good slash bad. And then, you know, like that's, it's kind of like, I just bust myself saying something that my dad would have said. He would have been like so itching. You mentioned cats and then you said curiosity. Oh, uh, I just did it. I just dived in. <laughs> now, are you, are you playing the role of George in your little conversation there? Like it all belongs. It's okay. Or are you like, beating yourself over that like oh my god I just said that I'm like my dad no I dig my dad and uh, <laughs> yeah um I would be um I would be touched to be like him you know so it's it's okay but uh, yeah it's taken a long journey I think and, and I'm still on it to to I, I will still notice moments in me where I will 
judge something, but I'm really good at picking it up, I, I hope. And I hope that also I surround myself with people that will, will communicate honestly and truthfully. And, and, and uh, yeah, but yeah, I, I hope, I, we often talk about the classes, like, <laughs> I don't even know what, what, what they are anymore, you know? Class, yeah. It's just like a space <laughs> where humans get to be humans. And I've realized also through this that turning up in the same place every day, every morning with the same people, we really get to notice some things as opposed to bouncing around all the time and going to here and going to there and going to there. And I mean, flip in the two months of the, of the um, quarantine thingy, and also, like, uh, I had some physical challenges. I, we can talk. I've taken my sling off, but I dislocated my shoulder a couple of weeks ago. No. So my, I mean, this is, this is another whole beautiful story. But, um, but yeah, it's just been, um, it's been a space for us, I feel, to listen and to be seen and to see and just to share honestly of, of, of how we're feeling and, and how this, this builds a relationship with your, yourself, like a truthful one not one where we're, 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 we're overriding our feelings and, and suppressing them or telling them how to be. And I don't know, I, it's, it's, I mean, it's been healing for me to be, to be there with everybody. So, um, yeah. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah. I want to, I definitely want to talk about what you teach the, the quote unquote yoga, but before we do, I'm, I want to go back to kind of the George and you know your evolution because i read your book butterfly man and you know it sounds like you were really hard on yourself during you know in that period of your life you know kind of going through it and deconstructing your life and um you know really holding yourself accountable to a certain extent of like an expectation that you had to live up to and then you just something shifted within you you just broke and it sounds like it's been a really beautiful journey, like coming back around to this, like, George, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is the first time that I, this has been spoken in the context of George. And probably this, the first time in years I've, oh, well, this morning I mentioned George in class. And now, now I'm talking about George on a podcast. So I'm, Love it. he's a good, yeah. George is with us. He's so beautiful. He had like this little white patch underneath his, uh, on his, throat on his neck I don't know oh he's such a beautiful cat <laughs> yeah do you want to talk a little bit about your that experience of you know what you were going through like what was your old like previous to the pandemic but like a few years ago what was your old life like because that was a very transformative experience too you know, well I think your choice of words were really good um you know being hard on myself um I, I, I saw I saw no way out. You know, I felt for so long like I had no choice, like that. The only way to be was to keep up, to yeah. keep up, to keep performing, to keep pushing, to keep, to keep going. Because almost like the more that I pushed, the more that I kept up, the more the crowd cheered. Mm-hmm. and yet the crowd cheering the more the crowd cheering the more 
disconnected I got, the more sick I got. And with me, like you, you choose the words hard and keeping up, keeping up. Like my physical body was a complete reflection of that. And, you know, for a man, um, you know, the penis and an erection is the kind of symbol of keeping up, of being hard, of performing, of keeping on and, and being a man, what it is to be a man. And it's almost, I mean, I, I, I had no answer because I, I was just doing, doing my best. I, I was doing what I thought I had to do. Yeah. And, and kind of getting recognized for it and almost, and, and getting, yeah, like getting told that I was great, that I was doing a good job. And, and when I look at it now, how can we be told that we're doing a good job when we are hurting ourselves? And if, if it's not hurting ourselves, like, you know, in, in the context of me, I was, I was completely burnt out. And I was, you know, if, if, if part of your body is, is telling you that it doesn't want to work and you work it, like if you take a Viagra pill when your penis is soft, that's like, that's like naked aggression against your body. It's like saying, no, 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 you, you got to work here, Buster. Like, fuck, you know, I need you to work now, like right now. I don't care about why, you know, don't sulk. Pull your socks up, tuck your shirt in, run, keep going. And triage. Yeah. For me, like this is this has become the pattern of the world, is that 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 we can't get out of it because on one hand, and that's that's kind of where I love with both hands can, on one hand we are doing good, and on the other hand, we are harming ourselves or the planet. I think we can all somehow agree in some form that us as a collective group me included all of us that we're we're getting it wrong somehow like like that there's there's some space to change something surely we can agree on that and by having one hand continually to to do this harm and then the other hand doing good or we think that we're doing good we we make it impossible to get out of it because it's like this zero it's like a wheel spin it's like uh it's like we, we do the harm and then we alleviate the guilt, but we're not actually dealing with the harm. We're not actually getting rid of it. We continue it. We, we're numb. We, and that was my life for five, six, seven years, probably more, more, like a decade. Mm -hmm. And I was successful, yeah. I guess. I don't know. And it was only when I had to let go like I was I was forced to let go and in the end it was I, I call it a guardian angel like uh, I mean there's so much to share but I was living in a community that many people said I should never have lived in um, and this community provided me a, an insight into genuine love into genuine like community into genuine like family of, of and genuine understanding of that with a little comes a lot. If you have a little, you, you can only but focus on love and on compassion, on hugs, on things that don't require financial feeding. And Langa was that to me. And in the end, Langa was the community where a person broke into my home that I was sleeping in, mm -hmm. into my room. And I was like frozen. Like I knew there was someone in my house, in, in my room. My room was tiny. And I couldn't move, I couldn't breathe, I couldn't talk, which is kind of like symbolic of how I was for five years. I couldn't breathe, I couldn't talk, I couldn't share, I couldn't, no matter what, you keep going, you don't tell anyone you don't have an erection. I don't care, I don't care. You cannot say anything. And I know like this can relate to anything. 
that the moment that we can share and that we can let it out is the moment it can heal, the cut can heal. And this man ended up taking, um, I'm pretty sure it was a man and I, I, I'm pretty sure I know who it was. He ended up coming into my room in the middle of the night, he broke in, but he took my laptop, he took my cell phone, he took my iPad, and he took the very things that were killing me that I was attached to, that I, I, I thought I couldn't ever let go of. And from that moment on, I, I gave up. I let go of the life that, that I thought that I couldn't let go of because it was my everything, it was my identity, I'd worked so hard for it. But I let go of the life that was killing me. And I, you know, when you have open hands, you can, you can, you can receive something new. And I didn't know what that was, but all I knew is that I, I couldn't continue. And that was the start of, yeah, how I got here, I guess, right now with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and wasn't it your birthday or the eve of your birthday? Yeah, you're right, yeah. It's like a I rebirth. Totally cheapest. Oh my God. Wow. 15, yeah. 15th of July, 2016. Wow. <sighs> yeah. I'm what so grateful. So, I mean, I know because I read your book and we've chatted, but what did, so you were this sort of very, I mean, you were very successful in what you were doing up until then. You were going, you were hot, you had this secret and then you were violated by this person stealing your stuff. And then something within you broke. Yeah, there was like a rupture. And so what, ha I mean, can you just tell people a little bit about what happened next and what that looked like? And because this podcast is called The Space In Between. So it's a really, you know, people who experience that rupture. Yeah, and then kind of finding that new world. Well, like, let me, let me put it this way. Like, um, I don't know, where are my juggling balls? I usually do this with juggling balls. Um, but imagine I had two juggling balls in my hand and actually three works even better. Yeah. But for so long, I, I gripped hold of the juggling balls like this because, you know, it was my philanthropic work. It was, uh, acting, talking, Ted talks, blah, 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 sporting success, ultra marathons, blah, 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 blah. And because, uh, you know, I didn't see a life without it. Like I, I, this was what I'm meant to do on the earth. Like I'm making the most of my life. I couldn't let go of them. And then suddenly when the balls drop, I mean, I wasn't going to let them go myself. I was yeah. too proud. South Africans, my God, South African man. We don't give up. We fight to the death, you know? And suddenly the balls dropped. The illusion shattered. I couldn't pick them up. I didn't have a choice and slowly, basically from letting go, I, I became open and I became curious and so many things then came into my life that I just trusted and, and they were strange and they were different and there was a, was a whole new world, but what could be worse? Yeah. When you, um, I, I, that's funny that you use that image because I often would say when I was going through my stuff was I ha was giving things the death grip. Like there was no life for actually, <laughs> there was no space for life, right? It was just like giving it like, yes. I need this, I need to do this, I need to keep going, right? There's actually no space for the life oh. and the mystery to, yes. we're strangling it to death. Um, but yeah. I'm curious, 
yeah, I'm curious to know when the balls dropped and you were, you know, that situation. <laughs> when the balls dropped, that sounds like when I had puberty. That's an interesting <laughs> story as well. That's it. I'm literally. <laughs> my balls dropped so late, which I, I, I think uh, I was so petrified about showing my willy when I was a young boy because everyone wow. else had these really hairy, big willies. <laughs> and mine was so small and bald. And baldness was not cool then. Like now you could at least pretend that you shaved it because people are into shaving. <laughs> All right. I wasn't going to go there, but uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I was literally taking your words and, yeah, I'm sorry. and reflecting them back. No, I love it because you're, you're kind of being your dad again. <laughs> Dios mio. I love it. The big reveal. Bodhi is his father. <laughs> um, okay. So when, when things happened, when you were, you were the, your stuff was stolen and you were basically being forced to go into this new world, how did you feel like, was there a moment of feeling grateful? Like, fuck yeah, I don't have to, you know, continue doing this life like did you see the gift in it right away or was it a process like what did that feel like um if you remember i mean overall a great sense of of um of relief that i no longer had to pretend yeah um but of course I think one of the things that um, has become programmed in humans and certainly in me was that, that, that the sense of unknown um, is, is scary. And I would probably say that one of the biggest changes that I can look back at now is that um, the sense of known and control is total bullshit anyway. Like, it's just like, it's just an illusion. And the sense of unknown and change is constant. And, and, I, and, and being in Barcelona and teaching every day as the sun rises, the sun rises at a different time every day. The sky is never the same. It's, it's always different. The sea is never the same. It's always different. You realize that this unknown is always. And... Um, but in that moment when the balls dropped. We're <laughs> <laughs> like little kids. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's so childish. But this is also important, like, to, to you know. Yeah, find the humor. To, to have fun. To have fun, really. Um, yeah, today's class was all about having fun and being and, and feeling love. And uh, we danced to Whitney Houston. I want to dance with somebody. Yes! Like, I want to feel the heat with somebody. I mean, I really, really want to just keep waking up at 1 a.m. and taking your class or 2 a.m. Well, there's a girl from Texas that takes the class. Oh, okay. She's it, taking it at like midnight or? Yes, oh, she's a little bit earlier than you, which actually helps. And then she goes to bed. So yeah. I'm pretty sure that I'm more like my dad because I put her to sleep, which is so good. <laughs> um, but, oh, shit. Okay, wait. Yeah, you're fine. Battery. Hang on, I need to put the, I need oh. to put the charger in. Um, what was I going to say? Um, well, we were just talking about, you know, that, that moment that you were realizing it and how, um, 
you're, you were feeling kind of grateful that you couldn't, you didn't have to keep going. And I feel, you know, I feel that that's kind of what this lockdown has been for, for a lot of people is that they were giving them the death grip. They didn't know that they were giving the death grip. Like you, you seem to have been conscious of it, but you just didn't know how to change it. And you also had that mentality, like I have to keep going. And I think that's what we're, that's what at least the Western world is, is, oh, we have to be better and we have to do things and the, you know, and we were giving like collectively this death grip. And then the lockdown was like, that was, that was that moment of, for you, like the, you know, everything being mm. stolen from you. And that's what is, was literally happening was, you know, yes. the, the freedom, as we were talking about before this podcast, of all these different freedoms of just going to see friends or, you know, going to work or, you know, going to whatever restaurant you wanted or event, um, that was all taken away. And now I think what we were just talking about before the podcast is there's this softening that we're just kind of grateful, like that they were taken away so that we are sitting with ourselves. And I've talked to uh, several people, including you, who are just saying, I don't want to go back there. <laughs> I don't want to go back to that old life because I really love slowing down. And I really love, you know, this new connection that I have with my family that I'm with or, or whatever it is, that connection with myself. And um, I think it's really beautiful that you had this individual experience. You said 2016, so four years ago. And it was almost like you were preparing yourself, but then for, for this, but also preparing yourself so that you could be that person who does Zoom classes. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you, then you decided you found your way to yoga and started, you know, diving into your studies there and became a teacher. And, um, and I, I feel, I feel similar for myself too. of just what I went through seven years ago was somehow what pre preparing me to be, you know, the space holder for other people and also going through it myself. Definitely. I'm not like, Oh yeah, lockdown was fun. Um, but you know, I was definitely feeling my, I have been feeling it's not in the past. It's still here, but yeah. Leaning into the unknown, as you said, you know, um, the unknown is just that, you know, we think that we know, um, but we really don't. As you said, the sky is different. The sea is different every day. Um, it's there, right? It's, we can kind of rely on it being the sky will be there and the, the water will be there, but it's always going to be like different ebbing and flowing and lots of different shades and waves. Yeah. It reminds me of a point in Butterfly Man. I haven't opened Butterfly Man for some time because it, it's kind of like opening up Pandora's box. You know, for me, it's like opening up my heart. It's like, I, I don't want to always go back, but I, it reminds me of, of something, um, there's some part that we talk about how the known is more scary than the unknown. The unknown is, is yet to be seen. So we can create it. Yeah. The known is like, you know, look at, you know, the environment, the factory farms, the fossil fuels, the, 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 the wanton greed, the, you know, all these things, that, you know, that we, we know about, like, that's the known. Like, why do you feel that's safe? Yeah. The unknown is like, is your story yet to unfold? And, becoming like um becoming open to allow that to happen to get out the way and to not allow like the world story to be your story just to to give space for your story to um to emerge and 
I think one of the, I mean, there was a few profound moments, but I, I was having like a, let's call it a therapy session with this lady called Bella in India. And, you know, I get pretty animated and I mean, I was, I was still really, really struggling and, and I didn't have any answers. I, you know, I didn't, I wasn't feeling an ease and um, I was telling her my story and blah, 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 not, you know, speaking at like 3000 words a minute. Only in Spain can people speak with more than 3000 words a minute when they speak Spanish. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> oh my God. Without breathing. And um, this lady, um, this lady stops me. She takes her hand, extends it and, and takes hold of my wrist and just softly clasps her hand, looks in my eyes and said, are you breathing? Mm. And it just pierced, it just, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure I've heard this before and I'm not stupid. Like, you know, I know the importance of breath, but somehow the words just touched me so profoundly. And I realized that, you know, we, we can't change the world if we, we, we don't breathe. And I felt like for years I was just not breathing because, you know, there was other things more important and there's nothing more important than breathing. And I think that, um, this lockdown, as you say, I, I, I got my lockdown message four years ago and I think we have a choice in lockdown. And I, I was really, and there was a moment yesterday I was on the, I was on the beach. We were allowed to, to swim in the mornings. Um, so I just go with my shoulder and I do, I put my shoulder underneath the water. Um, it's really healing. And, um, I bumped into this, uh, girl who has come to my classes before with her boyfriend and I just said to her um you know how are you guys you know how how are you how how is he and um it it felt like to me that during lockdown there was only one option that that you had to you had to look you had to look in the mirror you had to face this you had to slow down but then she reminded me of of the it's not that easy to do that. And I just want to recognize that. And she said to me that they both just closed down. They're in the same flat and they, they can't talk. They, they, they're, they're frozen. And I, so yeah, I mean, that was probably a moment of me realizing jeepers, you know, I, I talk a lot about how this is like a divine message and this, but it's not easy. And for years and years and years and years, I, I, I also couldn't do it and I wasn't ready to do it. So, um, you know, a, a flower doesn't open the whole, the whole year, you know, yeah it it's it takes time and 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 the right conditions and uh yeah i just i want to acknowledge that and be soft to to everyone in this in this moment it's it's intense yeah i thank you for acknowledging that because i do i i think it's it's been interesting when i was observing it too i was thinking how beautiful it is that we are all going through this collectively you know we're all around the world everyone was experiencing some sort of lockdown and but it is it was triggering all of our individual stuff um you know my my individual stuff isn't the same as yours so you're you were being forced to look at it i was being forced to look at it we have you know tools that we can use and we've had experiences prior but yeah for some people they might not have tools, you know, to, to look at the mirror, as you say, you know, to, to look in the mirror and, and to handle what they're going to see in the mirror. And it can be very scary to, to be with that, especially if you have somebody else in your home um, who's also going through their individual traumas and triggers. 
uh, that might not necessarily line up with yours and can be of, of support and holding space for each other in a healthy way. Um, yeah, I mean, there's so many examples. Like, I'm really sensitive to to South Africa, of course, and um, the community I used to live in. I know how this community is stacked, uh, and there are people living in two meters by two and a half meters with shared ablutions, with with no space, with no money, with no grants, with with yeah. nothing. And and you want to talk about spiritual development, right? You know, like. Yeah. Um, and I think that's also a lot of uh, like white South Africans at the moment are complaining about they can't surf and they can't do this and they can't do that. And it's just like, it's embarrassing. Yeah. It's like, come on guys. Like, like we are in this together and be respectful of, of this whole like situation um, and stop complaining that you can't surf, you know, just just don't surf for, for a few weeks and do something else there's there's other things to do like but but this is not about you for a change um yeah. I, I don't know that, there's that's that's a sensitive topic no i get it i mean i i was in bali as you know before like in the midst of this that that week that everything was shifting so rapidly and there was this moment where i thought should i stay here in bali you know I decided to ultimately come home so that I could be closer with family. But I too, I feel somewhat embarrassed to be an American because I see all these people protesting because they can't do things. And it is, it's, you know, we have a long way to go <laughs> to realize that we are all in this together. I mean, you and I recognize that and most of the people who are going to be listening to this also have that sense that we are in this together and that we will pull things away that brought us joy so that we can save other people and can be of service. You know, the one beautiful thing I've been following the news in Bali is they don't have a lot of cases, but they're taking things so seriously. One, because like South Africa, they're all on top of each other. They live in these small communities. Uh, so if one person in the community gets sick, they're going, they're all well. So they're taking things so seriously, but they're not even just looking out for like my community, my family. They're looking at it globally. They're looking at, you know, the bigger picture of not just this, this person and this time, but what is going to be like, you know, on the other side of the world in seven months from now or 10 months from now, because that's still going to affect our community in some way. Right. Um, yeah, it's really interesting to see all these different perspectives and different communities and how they're reacting. Uh, you spoke of, who was it, Your ther the therapist in uh, India, and saying, are you breathing? One, um, it just reminded me, one of, my, one of my teachers, she talked about how your breath is your life partner. Right? You're literally with you from the moment you enter this world to the very last moment. And I think that's so beautiful. And how, you know, going back to what you said of just, how are you treating your life partner, right? Are you holding it? Are you forcing it, right? Are you breathing with it? Are you dancing with it? Um, that's so nice. Yeah, isn't that beautiful? I love that. Mm. Trying to spread that around as much as I can. <laughs> I'm gonna email, her name's Bella. Uh, she's based in Holland at the moment and, um, okay. I'm going to email her. She, she, um, she read my second book now, uh, love with both hands. And mm -hmm. she's, 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 she's been wonderful, had a big impact in my life. That's beautiful. 
Yeah, and so you do. You have this this other book that came out of the the lockdown. You said you you just started to just something sparked you to write, and I read it. I loved it, and it's just this beautiful little moment. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and yeah, you talk about the two hands. Do you want to speak to that a little bit more? Because you were going there, and I yeah, I want to um, dive in deeper. I mean, I think. Um, Corona, COVID, whatever it's called, whatever you is, all, is, is all about the breath. Yeah. And one of the things that I've felt so strongly in these Zoom things, it's like, you know, the lady in, in Paris, Gwen in Paris, and Valerianne in, in, in Belgium, and um, Florence in Luxembourg, and, you know, um, Michelle in Cape Town, and Charlie in Oxford, and Tom in Wales, and I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Like, fundamentally, when we breathe together, we're breathing the same air. I, I know that that's... I, I first got this eureka moment. I was like kind of feeling lonely. I was doing some work in Brazil years ago, and the water was coming up and down on my skin. You know, I was just sitting on the edge of the, the sea, you know, in, in Rio. And you know, it's called whatever ocean is, is there in Rio, I can't remember. And you can call it whatever ocean you want. You can call it, but the water is connected throughout the world. And I was like, the same water that is touching me here is touching my loved one in Cape Town or my parents in London at the time or whatever. And I don't know, I, I just, for me, it's like, it's a profound gift and message for us to, to really acknowledge the gift of life of breath and you know um and when we do i think we're released of the need to strive for more and and this is life mm -hmm. breath is life <laughs> i know it sounds so stupid but 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 all the other things are just distractions. Yeah. And they're taking us more and more away from the things that are really and really precious. And for me and, and certainly the group that we have been gathering every morning, it's just about reminding us what's most important and to, to be really intentional about how we want to live going forward, um, no matter what happens and no matter what infringements or whatever changes happen. It's not on anyone else. It's, 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 we, we get to choose. I mean, that's another interesting topic, you know, and maybe it's around privilege and around all sorts of things. And I want to acknowledge that um, the choice was a big thing I used to talk about in South Africa that still a lot of people don't get to choose. Yeah. And, and yet in the poorest communities that I've ever lived in in my life were the communities that I got to see that the most. When I got to see that it's not your kids or my kids. If there's a kid in the street, if it's hungry, I help it. If it needs help, it's not my kid or your kid or this is my land or your land. In a, in a poor community, the fences are down. Yeah. So, yeah, for me, the, the book was just, um, I mean, I couldn't write it again because I, I, 
like I, I read it and I don't even know how those words came out. Like they, they um, and, and I've started to encourage people when we have our little classes in the morning that if your if your medium is is music or writing or or speaking, to do it immediately after the class because suddenly we, we're opening up space in the physical body that then, for me, I just it's like accessing. I don't know if you want to call it subconscious. I, I'm not smart enough for any of this stuff, but it's like for a moment in time, however long it lasts, you're like in your nature, in your truth, in your true self, in your, I don't know, you're not being influenced for this moment of time by the world mm-hmm. and you're allowing it to come out and express itself. And that is, that is amazing. And I think we've been talking a lot about exhaling and how, you know, if you really let your breath come out, it, it makes a sound. And, and the sound that comes out of Phoebe is a different sound that comes out of me. And let it out. Let, it, let, it, let your body express itself. And, and your body will move. Your, your hands, like both Butterfly Man and this one, I'm not a writer. <laughs> for a few weeks, for both books, it took me words just flowed out of me and I just had to keep up. I was like the secretary, secretary. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like um, I was so excited to share it also in the way that it's been shared. Like it's a free ebook. It's open. It's like, it can go anywhere it needs to go. I felt so nice about that. And that somehow we will be supported, you know, instead of like asking permission for me, the whole publishing world is, it doesn't feel right. It, it feels like it's contributing to um, the system that is strangling us, you know, the, the death grip. And um, yeah, I, I feel like there's even these classes. I, I, I feel like if you put yourself out there, you share that, that we will be supported and, and it will, it will reach people that, that need to, it, it, that it'll reach anybody that it needs to reach. And um there's this natural order of people who have financial, the ability to support financially can support financially people that don't, everyone's supporting each other and no one's asking. It, it, it just, it just happens. And I, I feel that's what this, this book is, is about. Um, and yeah, I, I feel really proud about it. I mean, I, I, I don't know. It's, 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 it's been beautiful. Um, and um yeah, please read it. If it, if it finds its way to you, there's, um, yeah. Yeah. I love it. Well, we'll definitely kind of put some sort of link in the, in the podcast show notes too, but it's interesting that you were talking about the systems and when you were speaking about, uh, the medium, like what art form, whatever it is that you do to do that after you take the, your, your class. And I was just thinking about the conversation you and I were having prior to the podcast about, you know, the sort of systems of the yoga that we both came from. We came through through different systems, but how for me, I feel like I was a dancer. I was very free, fluid, formless kind of, this is my expression of living. And, but then I had to live, learn some sort of structure and system. And we both did that through yoga too, right? We had to learn these structures and systems. And it sounds like from my experience of having your class and then also just we're talking, how you're kind of moving away from that setting up the system to more again, the formless. And that's how I've been feeling too through my teaching of kind of using the systems as 
giving some sort of structure, but then now kind of breaking that down so that we can go back into that original formless, beautiful expression of life and living, um, of loving and living. And yeah, I don't know if there's a question in there, but <laughs> but we were we were really going for it before the podcast, and I thought, ooh, we need to talk about this about just and you don't have to say the school that you came from, but just sort of what what wasn't what was resonating with you, what wasn't kind of you're rubbing up against and and now you're you're moving in a different direction in just of how you're teaching and holding space for other people. Yeah. Um I mean there's a lot in what you've what you've shared um that that resonates that uh, we could take this conversation in many different um wherever you want to go. Directions. Um but For me, like uh, teaching each of our individual journeys, you know, I, I've shared the name Bella with the, the, the there, there are a few Bellas in, in, in my life that have had a profound impact, but the impact of Bella and, and, and teachers like her and, and, and are that they sparked something inside of me. They empowered me. I'm not dependent. I'm not needing. They plant a seed and they leave. Mm -hmm. And I think over-dependence on a teacher a structure, it stops you from thinking on your own two feet and from this curiousness and from the space that you talk about, the space within, the space in between the, that allows you to find out and to find this unknown, to, to find the unknown. What must I teach like the same class because I know that it's really good for, for like, I want, I, I want to, to, I want to discover that there has to be new ways to be because what we're all kind of agreeing in some form is that the, 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 um, I think my shoulder's getting better as well through this podcast. Like I'm moving it more than ever. So thank you. Yeah. We're healing. But you're also, a, you're also like a, like a healer. Yeah. Phoebe. <laughs> but, Can you some Reiki? Yeah, that would be great actually, please. Um, <laughs> But you, you get what I'm trying to say. It's like, uh, I'll never forget this guy. His name's Sky. He's a beautiful teacher, I think, in Sweden. And I ended up teaching at a big yoga festival in 2018. I, I had taught like five classes of yoga in my life. I was totally winging it. I was totally out of my depth. And, and the, the founder of this festival just she just believed in me i don't know and then i was like okay well if she believes in me i'm just gonna go for it and, you know. but anyway i shared a room with sky maybe he's like 50 years old i don't know whatever but he's been teaching yoga for like 30 something years he has a turban as well which i mean that gives you that gives you like extra extra marks as a yoga teacher and um he said to me 
And I was like running around like a kid in the candy store, like a kid in Disney World for the first time, like going to every class and trying to teach. I was exhausted. I was overwhelmed. It was so intense. And he just used to chill on the bed and relax. <laughs> but he said to me, Bodhi, um, if, a if, if a student becomes um, dependent or attached to you as a teacher, they are no longer your, your student. Mm -hmm. And the same thing applies if you become attached to or dependent on a teacher, they are no longer your teacher. Step away from them. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. And the thing is, this is a difficult conversation because what a yoga teacher's livelihood is dependent on having a, what, what you want to call it, a following yeah. community or something. And that's a, it's a fine line. And the thing is, it's a difficult line to walk because we are human and it's nice that people like our classes and it's nice that people come. But if they're coming there and they are losing their autonomy, their sovereignty, because they are dependent upon what comes up, it's, it's finished. Yeah. It's finished. And also as a teacher, it's finished because you, 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 you think that you're, you, you're, 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 that you're some kind of, I don't know. So... Yeah, I, I would relate it in, in terms of that. Like, I, I want to just stay learning, stay curious, stay open. Like, I'm receiving the uh, one of my most beautiful teachers uh, that I met, this, a, a girl called Sophia. I mean, I love the name Sophia. It means, means wisdom. Mm -hmm. And she said, you know, you're called to teach where, you're, where your medicine lies. And that's what I like to remind people. Like, yeah. Um, we're, we're in this together. We're, we're, we're learning together. And um, so, yeah, maybe that will, that, that's kind of my response for now about your question or statement or meandering or thoughts. I don't even know what you want to call it. I love it. No, we just flip. We just go all around. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think so too. We were talking about the, the movie Kamari before and just that of just the, the role of a teacher and the quote unquote, the guru and, you know, kind of whenever you claim yourself to be that, that's the moment that you lose it. You know, you have to step, you have, like you said, you have to step away, whether you're the student or the teacher, if you become attached to, to that, something that's outside of yourself, whether it is a person or a thing or a habit, you know, I've, I've kind of looked at, I've always been sort of resistant to like the morning ritual or, or whatever it is, you know, the morning practice. Like I have to sit in meditation for an hour so that I'm a good, you know, yogi. Right? I always sort of rubbed up against that because I thought, well, isn't this all about weaving it into life? It's not this isolated thing because that's some sort of, you know, basically like a spiritual bypassing of, oh, well, I meditated for an hour and now I'll be this amazing person out in the world. Mm. Well, isn't it just being present with the person that's in front of you and breathing? And isn't that a meditation, right? Instead of like having it be just this isolated thing, check that off the list. It's kind of going back to the death grip of things, right? Totally. Oh my God. I think yesterday, I don't know. I don't even know what I talk about, but I talked about routine and um, I read, um, what's it called? The 5am club. It was, it was good for me to read back then. Me and Mr. Robin Sharma have very different views on life and on, on approach. Um, 
Um, I mean, and he also has about a billion dollars and I don't, um, but, um, waking up at 5am, I, I did it for two months in New York, which was a crazy time to be choosing it in this, in the winter of New York. And it was really hard. Yeah. And, you know, he says how, you know, after 60 days of doing something, it becomes like part of you and just, it, it, it becomes easy. And the thing that I, and I think it, it relates to what we're talking about. It's like, if you have to do a meditation, if you have to follow this, it's like a prescription. It's like a drug. It's like anything else. Yeah. And it's, this is the wrong word, but it overrides your, 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 your natural feeling in the moment. If I go to bed at 2 a.m. and I've been dancing all night and I wake up at 5, that, that's aggressive. Yeah. Like I need to sleep. I need to sleep. I need to rest. You know? um, but, but at times, rhythm and waking up, I mean, I for sure. For me, the sun is, is wonderful because the sun gives us grace. Because in winter, you can wake up a bit later and every day it's different. Yeah. And, um, and, and it kind of incorporates that, that natural rhythm and feeling and, and gives us time to hibernate and gives us time to be open, expressive and warm and hot and cold. Um, but yeah, to, 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 to follow any doctrine, dogma, rhythm, routine at all costs, you, you, you're not listening. Yeah uh so yeah that's that's my feeling and and yeah that's <laughs> yeah well and when you were speaking i was just thinking of you know the actually kind of countering what i just said was what you were saying of you know going out to 2 a.m and then getting up at 5 a.m to meditate um there there is a period right there are reasons for why we set up systems like why we had to learn you know you went and you studied for you have 800 hours of training and you know i did i don't know how many hours but something like that we had to do that right we had we had to have some sort of structure and then kind of move it towards formless so not to disregard like oh hey you're just going to mm. be this person who is enlightened because whatever you like actually have to have this discipline of waking up at 5 a.m. Even after you go out at 2 a.m. If that is something that you want to work towards, right? You have to be disciplined for a period of time. Maybe it's 60 days, maybe it's whatever that time is for you. Um, but then to, in, then to be really, to begin to integrate it into your life. I think we're kind of saying the same thing, but I just want yeah. to that no, beautiful. I like the way you, you, you word things and weave things. That's uh that's super beautiful. I think one thing that that came up for me now was, um, um, you know, th th there are many teacher trainings out there, 100 hour, 200 hour, 300 hour, I don't know, 500 hour. And there are many different reasons to do a teacher training. Um, for, for me, uh, the teacher training doesn't make you a teacher. And I, 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 I'm not underestimating the importance of the teacher training in that process, but I feel like the, 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 a teacher, it's like a, it's like a vocation. It's like a calling. It's like a feeling. It's like, and, and being a teacher also doesn't make you like, I, I don't know. I, I just, the piece of paper is, it's important on one hand, but it, it absolutely means nothing on, on, on the other hand. And, um, it's a life journey. Yeah. 
I agree. I mean, I, I was very resistant to start my own teacher trainings. You know, I've been teaching for, I think, like 15, 20 years, something like that. And I had so many students saying, oh, you need to do a teacher training. I was like, no, I don't want to be a part of that whole machine. Yeah, just giving people pieces of paper to pay my rent or whatever it is. Uh, and it, it's been an evolution. You know, I went to Then I finally did it. You know, I started doing my own a couple of years ago. And it was very, I learned so much, you know, and that's the important thing is to stay humble and curious, you know, even though you're kind of in that role of teacher, right, to also be the student. That's where I've done most of my like die, deep, deeper diving in. Um, but now I'm sort of like back to where you're saying too, is like, uh, I don't know. I don't, I think I just want to work with people who are just ready to dive in, whether they want to be a teacher or not. Just, it's not about the piece of paper. It's just, Hey, you want to go on this journey? <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Not labeling it as a, a teacher training, but just some sort of deeper education. Mm. I don't know what the right word would be, but yeah. Mm. Wow. That's, uh, that's beautiful. I mean, I surely your teacher training, I would imagine is, is inspiring people to think for themselves. I, I would imagine me knowing you the little bit that I know of you and your, your quiet wisdom and where it's like, you're inspiring curiosity. You're inspiring inquiry. You're inspiring not to just, you know, read and, and believe. Like, like, listen to your body. Listen to a deeper something. That's, yeah. And, and then that's a teacher. <laughs> that's yeah. that's that's it's a, it's a human. It's like it's, call it whatever you want. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what just physically, if we look at the physical practice, right, my body isn't going to do exactly the same shape as your body, right? I might be way more flexible. You might be stronger or tighter in some places. And so our pose, right, just to keep it really simple, our pose will be different. So how can I teach my pose to you? Right? I have that really like go in and experience as best as I can from the outside, what your body feels like and, and could look like and, and allow yourself to explore that. So yeah, the, we have to have some sort of definition structure there to say, okay, this is sort of the middle ground of where we're all kind of going in terms of a pose. And then knowing that there's going to be lots of variations. Yeah. Up and down and side and side. Uh, so yeah, that's definitely something that I, that I, uh, um, emphasize and so I mean I'm sure also the teacher training has probably uh, you have probably learned so much in this process like from the students and from it's just a space of learning you know and yeah, yeah I think acknowledging that 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 element is super important and perhaps um, it's difficult for, for people sitting at the front of the room to acknowledge that at times. And, and then, you know, um, then we kind of get into some, some tricky situations maybe. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I got to talk to you all day. So I know you have a Spanish lesson soon. Actually he's canceled because he's a, he's a, he's an actor. So like, there's no pressure on time, but we should probably, I mean, people, uh, people don't listen to podcasters for like three hours. So let's, uh, you know, you just wrap it up whenever you want. <laughs> okay, then. Um, <laughs> well, what else is there something else that you want to make sure we 
get to in the story of Bodhi and what you all the um, well probably the way you just said my name Bodhi and it makes yeah. me smile a lot I probably should share about how that happened because um, yeah. I wasn't born Bodhi I mean I was born Bodhi because it feels like I've been Bodhi my whole life so that's that's uh, but my birth name is Robert John McEnroy and um, that was a tangible moment of what you called the death grip me letting go of something that i thought i could never ever let go of and discover something immediately that was deeply transformational in in a moment from it was like night and day in a moment and um basically after the 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 um, the break-in and me letting go um there's obviously this is the short story of it I ended up in India. I ended up first in Thailand and then by complete grace, I ended up at the Osho Center in, in India. And like, it's a beautiful story how I actually ended up there and how I just let go and it just, it just happened. And then, you know, the Osho Center has a lot of, I want to say like hurdles to overcome in terms of like, you know, I was like a sporting like alpha male and now you want me to wear like a, like a dress and dance around with strangers. Are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> But I just, I was like, well, what's the alternative, you know, like, fuck it, why not, you know, and the first day I was in, in Osho, um, they have a, a renaming ceremony every Friday, I arrived on a Friday, and everyone was there in the evening, and I just went with the flow, and I was like, well, you know, let's check this out. And then they were all gathered around, and, and then there's a band, and then this lady walks to the front they call out a name in Sanskrit and then this, this woman walks to the center of the room and she sits on a, she kneels down in a pillow with all of our attention on her. And it was, it was like this beautiful words about your individuality and, and you expressing it being like the most important thing. The only thing that you can do in this life mm. and to kind of let go of the, 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 the mob, the mob, mentality the mob desire the and to be who you are i don't know but anyway the words were beautiful and and there was some some resistance but fundamentally this 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 girl she finished the ceremony and then they start playing like i think it was i think it was love is the fire but it could have been so much magnificence like two beautifully cheesy songs love is the fire burning my heart like you know or there is so much magnificence you know, in the ocean, whatever. And I mean, I hadn't listened to that type of stuff before. And I was like, fuck it, let's go with it. This is cool. And suddenly she's up and she's got tears in her eyes and everyone is just, it, it, it was like her wedding day. Mm -hmm. it, people were just, you couldn't help but embrace her, dance with her. People were dancing. And my head was going like, freak alert, weirdos, weirdos, hippies, weirdos, weirdos, uh, uh, uh. But my body, my heart, my heart was just going, I'm going to dance. I'm going to hug. I, I, this is so beautiful. I'm going to cry. Oh, my flip. What just happened? And then, I mean, I went to bed that night just going like, okay, what just happened? Where am I? What, what is going on? I've lost my mind. And that, I had a week because every week they have this thing. And, of course, I'm doing meditations and I'm there and blah, blah, blah. blah. But I was still John. And I remember, like, talking with this guy, Rajan, and um, 
he had changed his name. I think his name is Darcy from, um, his birth name was Darcy. He's from Canada. Beautiful man. And he, he, he's called Rajan. So I was like, you know, Rajan, bro. Like that means king. Like, are you, are you kidding me? Like, are you, are you kidding me? Like, how can you call yourself the king? Like, who are you, bro? <laughs> so anyway, like I was playing with that and, and my head was like, no, nah, this is weird. I can't do it. My heart was like, I want to do it. But then I was like, okay, well, I can't just give myself a name. I, I, I've got so many nicknames from my time in Lange, from my time in France, from my time. Like, I've, I've got names from all over the place and I love receiving names. And you have to like accept the name that they've given to you for it to kind of roll with you. But I never gave myself a name. I just, I can't give myself a name. That's just not the way you do things. And then it was a Friday morning, the next Friday morning, and I still hadn't found home with a name and I wasn't sure what was going to happen but I wanted to do it but you know and I was having breakfast with, with this old dude Krishna Prem who'd become my friend and he looks at me and he's like you're Bodhi and I was like oh my god like tell me that again like say it again like it was like it was like my whole body had like an orgasm it was like um it was just like wow you know that's it. And then I discovered what it meant. You know, it, it's, it's meaning is so beautiful. And, and in the context of the journey I was on and, uh, and everyone had two names. I think I could probably have asked, just, just ask for Bodhi, but, but you know, two names tend seem to be convention, not that convention tend to be that, that important. <laughs> and I like the name Prem. He was Krishna Prem. And Prem was a, is a name in Sanskrit that means love, but as a name given to a boy or a girl. Yeah. And for the first time, I discovered that there's some kind of femininity in me and some kind of female to cultivate, which I mean, that as a South African sporting guy, like that's just not the type of stuff you should be talking about. But it felt really beautiful. And, and I, Bodhi was the name, but... Um, and of course you can pronounce it much better. Like I'm pronouncing kind of Western wise, but it was Bodhi. And then I thought Bodhi Prem, but I was like, Bodhi Prem, I, I didn't get the same life. And then Prem Bodhi, I was like, oh, Prem Bodhi. Oh, that's so sweet. Oh, I love it. Okay, it's done. So then I went to the ceremony. I wrote that I had to write it down and then hand it to like the, the person who was conducting the ceremony. And then they read out my name, Prem Bodhi. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> ah. and and literally i mean it was one of the most beautiful things a, a conscious adult ceremony where you know I, I i must have been 30 what was i 34 at the time i don't know i can know but i consciously choosing my name at age 34 is really powerful because yeah. your birth name is beautiful but it's a gift from your parents and it is, it's 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 them and to consciously choose your life is is profound and the whole ceremony was amazing. All the strangers there and Raj was there. And I went to bed that night. Like the, the closest I can equate to it was, you know, when I was a kid going to bed on Christmas day, Christmas, Christmas Eve, knowing that I could wake up to open presents. So like the sooner I went to bed, the sooner I woke up, the sooner it all happened and frick yeah. And I, I had been struggling up until then. And yet that next morning I went to bed and I literally pole vaulted out of bed. Like I jumped out of bed. I wanted to look in the mirror. I wanted to clean my teeth. I wanted to discover what life was as Bodhi. Like, and what we spoke about at the start, like what was mundane suddenly became like exciting. And then came the moment of reckoning of like magic. 
I just finished the meditation and, and the meditation center in Osho is so beautiful. It's unbelievable space. Like you can have thousands of people in there meditating. It's, it's powerful. Read what you like about Osho, do whatever. Who cares? He's a troublemaker. He's, he's, he's so profound, that guy, but the meditations being together, it's, it's a special place. Yeah. Anyway, I, the, the Osho dynamic meditation is intense and I started to really get into it. I was sweating. I was covered in sweat. The sun is peeking out of the beautiful trees in the Osho center. I'm like Bodhi. Oh my flipping hell. It's so beautiful. And then I'm walking to the, 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 the canteen and then suddenly I look in the distance and Raj is walking towards me and I'm like, Oh my, what is going to happen? Like, like, I just, just keep it. about his name. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know it, but I didn't even know what he was going to call me. I didn't know anything. I was just like, just, it's all good. And I, I just was like, just go with it. And I walked, keep walking. He's walking towards me. And I just go, morning, Raj, like I do. And then he goes, morning, Bodhi. And I was like, <gasps> <laughs> fuck, it was amazing. And he just carried on walking. It was as if we had greeted each other like that for our whole life. Yeah. And then suddenly I turn. And he's just walking in the distance away from me. And I look at this man. I'm like, my God, he is so tall. He is so elegant. He is so regal. He is so Raj. He's perfect. He is the king. He, he's, he's magnificent. And I was like, wow. In a moment, everything just changed. And something that I thought I could never, I had the death grip on, my name. Robert John McEnroe, John McEnroe was like my Twitter handle, my Instagram, my Facebook. I had thousands of freaking things. How can I ever let that go? And then suddenly, boom, it was gone. And that gave me the space to be, um, to be free. Because suddenly now I became Bodhi. He didn't have social media. I stopped using social media. And he didn't have any baggage. He just was here. And then I got to know myself. And then just... The, it's just been amazing. Like, um, like I'm shaking. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, I, I cannot say that I, that was my, it just happened to me. I, I didn't do anything. You know, I, I didn't have the intelligence to do that or to know that that would, that was what it would bring, but it brought something very profound. And I, I am, um, yeah, I'm, I'm so grateful for that. Wow. I'm still in touch with Krishna Prem. I'm still in touch with Raj. I'm still in touch with Bella. They were all from the Osho Center and um, yeah, very, very pivotal moment. You know, you, you can, it's sometimes difficult to actually dissect a moment that is so profound and that was definitely one for sure, for sure. Like, yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you just shared that story because you know, you shared that story with me. Maybe not the full extent, but uh, yeah, you shared a good good chunk of that with me a couple of weeks ago. And for me, when you told, it, I was like, "Oh my god, I love this! I want, I want to do it." And then I actually read your book when I got here to Grandma's because I had ordered it, and Grandma, as we know, read Grandma. it, <laughs> which I loved. But yeah, <laughs> I read it, and there was that story too of you know you changing your name, and and that sparked something in me, and just last week it's been a week now so how does it feel tell me i freaking love it yeah i i love it too i mean for me i felt i i actually have grown into phoebe i love phoebe you know phoebe is goddess of the moon and i i when i think about the moon and just how it lights up the darkness i've always felt that that's kind of who 
I am and what I've always looked at is in being in the shadows, being able to see some sort of light. And so I, I've always embraced as an adult now, I've embraced Phoebe more now that I got through the like childhood thing where they were making fun of me and everything. Um, so I, when you, you said that and it lit something up in me, I was like, well, I don't want to let go of that. I, it's really, I become my name, you know, I've embraced it, I've embodied it and, and I want to continue to grow into it. But here's this last name of mine, Miller, which, you know, that was my father's last name. I carried on with that. I got married. I took on that person's name and I came back to my father's name after he died. Um, and then there was a lot of healing. You know, I took back his name, not just because I was running away from the marriage name, but because I wanted to honor my father. You know, there was such a, a journey uh, with him and what, you know, there was a lot of trauma in that through childhood and and I wanted to, you know, we rekindled our, our relationship and built something before he died. So when he did die and I went through the divorce, I wanted to pull it back in and, and embrace it and honor him and, and kind of go back through my history and see it from a different light. And when you share that, I thought, God, that is over. I've done my work. Like I've done that healing. And it wasn't even just, I need to get away from it. It wasn't because what I feel like for you, you're like, I just need a new identity. Like I need to let that all go so that you can make the space. But I felt like I had already created the space and now it wasn't, didn't fit in, didn't fit into the space anymore. So um, yeah, when you shared that story, it's like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to release Miller. So I actually released Miller on the full moon last week. I did actually attended a, a full moon ceremony. And so I released that with that intention. So I had a day where I was just Phoebe. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to do it on Friday because that day, uh, May 8th, had a significance to me. And so I wanted to claim that day and make it special for me. And, and kind of, it wasn't really like what you were saying about the girl, um, who you felt like she were, she was marrying herself. It wasn't, I guess it ended up being someone like that. It wasn't like formally like a marriage to myself, but it was just this kind of embodiment of myself. And so I came to Leona, my last name, Leona being lioness in Spanish. Yeah. Um, and it, and I don't know if I told you this, but, but the reason why I chose that was because a couple of reasons. And again, it just like, because your story and then other things were unfolding, like within that week, there was so much just, it just falls into your lap in a lot of ways. There's all these different little pieces that fall in. And so my parents actually literally met because my father owned a lion. So I thought, wow, this divine creature pulled me into this existence, right? Brought my parents together. And I love animal totems. Like I love symbolism of animals and why they show up. So when I was looking at the reason, you know, what uh, lioness specifically means, I was just thinking, oh, wow, that's me. You know, I want to embody the parts of me that I don't feel I'm embodying yet. I want to lean into it and embody it more. And there are a lot of parts of me that I resonated with. So I, you know, I came to Lioness uh, with that, with that intention of it, not just being my past, but also calling me forward to my future um, and who I am right now. And then I, I didn't want it to be like Phoebe Lioness, <laughs> but so, you know, I have this intention as I spoke to you of moving to Spain and, and diving deeper into um, 
my practice of you know learning Spanish. So I thought, well, let's set that intention with uh, the Spanish wow. person, Leona. That's beautiful. It's a beautiful name. Yeah. So thank you for uh, being the spark. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Thank you for letting me share that. Um, yeah. And thank you for, again, being the spark. So um, I love it. Is there anything <laughs> else? I mean, seriously, we could just sit here all day and chat, but my stomach's about to growl and say, time for breakfast. Yeah, I think it's perfect. Okay, good. And so you aren't on social media, but is there, are there ways of people reaching out to you, finding you, practicing with you that you want to share? And I'll also put it in the show notes. Uh, yeah, I have like a website. I think it's barefootbeing.earth. And then the latest book is lovewithbothhands.com. And it's just that you can click on it and download it for free and share it with, with, with whoever. So yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I just do Zoom classes every day at the moment, but I'm probably going to start teaching outside again um, in the coming days and weeks. But um, I actually just got, um, uh, I made my first purchase online, like um, not Amazon, I don't know, through some company that uh, I've got a Bluetooth microphone. So I'm going to experiment with teaching outside and um and and streaming online because we've just got a beautiful community it's it's really special so we're trying to find a way to just um be able to move with each other you know so um so, you'll so yeah do, you'll do your sunrise yoga and then stream that exact that class at the same time we're gonna try we're gonna we're gonna try that i don't know how it's gonna work exactly but that's the that's the kind of feeling that we're getting in the group that we can yeah, we can watch the sunrise together and um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go with the flow. Um, but yeah, if anyone wants to reach out to do yoga or whatever the hell it is that I, I share, I don't know exactly. Um, but yeah, come, come along. And, um, yeah, I still want you to come to my class because you're going to see. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, vibes. Yeah. Good. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Bodhi. This has been such a joy. For, for me too for for me too thank you so much and please um send my love to grandma and um yeah i hope she's still not in shock from reading some of the content of my book <laughs> i know that was an amazing story she, i had ordered the book to be here when i arrived and she thought that i ordered it for her and she said i don't know why you chose this book it's about a guy who can't get it up and I'm not sure why you chose it for me I was like oh Jesus that's so, that's so good what a legendary grandma I know I love it I love it so thank you thank you for all your stories and what you do um for our world thank you so much thank you Phoebe I really enjoyed uh, time together and uh see you soon yeah thank you